I think one of the major problems with society today is that the communities, uh, the community at large has been fractured. And we've been broken up into these micro-communities where we've got the, the great big collective, where it's your state or your county or even your town. I mean, most towns are at least 5,000 people, at least most of your, you know, what you would call small towns. Um, sure, there's a large number of towns that are less than that, but I think there are just as many over that number. Uh, and, then, and then you have the whole country, you know, take the United States, because I live in the United States. 350 million Americans, all draped under the same cloth, pushed into the same creed. You know, we have the same Department of Education for all of those demographics and socioeconomic profiles, categories, whatever you want to call them. I mean, it just seems insane to me that you would force 350 million people into an accord together. And that's what it is. It's force. You're not given a choice. You're born into it. You know? It's like being born in a, a war-torn area and saying, well, you, sorry, kid, you shouldn't have been born here. Now deal with it. Deal with, deal with this life of turmoil. You're born into, into something like America, and it's, uh, you know, because of the nature of, of the country and the way things develop, things are better in this country than they've probably ever been in any other country in any other period of time, save a, a, a small, small number of a few instances where things may have been better. Going all the way back to hunter-gatherers. Um, but the fracturing of the community is a big part of that. So we take our communities and we, we overblow them into these massive collectives. And then we fracture that, and then we fracture it from there into these small, much smaller systems that are incomplete and inadequate. Um, a lot of people fall into, I guess I would call it a micro-community, where a lot of people, it's their family or extended family. I know with Latinos, it is certainly their family and extended family and the broader community. They have a real sense of community what community should be. They, they have their own, they have their own economy. Uh, they have their own infrastructure and, and interlocking sets of services and, and goods and everything. It's, it's really amazing. It's one of the few actual communities you can find in the United States. Another, another fractured community is the black community, which still has a strong sense of community, but they've been robbed of any ability to be productive or self-sufficient. And, and they've basically been, been, you know, subsidized to death and put on welfare, uh, quite on purpose. You know, they, they, they could have had a better outcome. You know, well, welfare is not a good thing. You know, do we want to provide welfare to someone that cannot do it themselves? Yes, we want to be able to do that. But to be compulsory, I mean, it's, it's just not good. And then a lot of, a lot of other people, you know, fall into the micro community, their family and extended family. Or it might even go a little even more fringe than that, where they identify with a sports team and other people that love that sports team or that brand of trucks or read this series of books or these movies or play that video game or have this kind of 
political belief, and that's the biggest one. But all, fracturing of the community it only serves to divide it further, and, and and the resistance of division leads to an uncontrolled division. You know, if you take a you take a piece of paper and you go to tear it and you you rip it in half, just without doing anything else, it could it could rip anywhere. It could rip from corner to corner. It could rip from center to corner, all jagged and everything. But if you take that paper and you perforate it or you crease it and then you tear it, you can control where it's going to tear. You know the paper's going to divide, but give it a path with less resistance. So I think I think that in, in our country and in politics is is not is not resisting the division to the point where it becomes, well, divisive, but embracing division and demographics and saying, you know what, it's okay for the black community to keep to itself if it chooses, if that's what they want. Because guess what? They've been with each other the longest. They share a culture. They share a history. They share a dialect. They share beliefs. They share everything together. And it's different than what some other ethnic background may have. Whatever ethnic background it is. You know, why should we... Uh, well, we have to do something about this. We have to force everyone to like each other and be together all the time. No, we should embrace our differences. We should be okay staying within our tribe and embracing and strengthening our community, not at large, but at a natural size for, you know, I, I say take it back to what it was like when we were hunter-gatherers. Do we have to be hunter-gatherers again? I don't think so. I think we can have all this, all this infrastructure and resource and surplus and agriculture and everything. But we gotta take things off the macro. We gotta we've gotta get away from this monoculture where we have fractured communities, we have a disgruntled collective, and we have everyone so divided in a negative way that nothing can be accomplished. And it only happens further. I mean, just what happened this week in DC, I mean, I thought in the last couple years there's no way this country could be more divided than it is right now. And what few people were left in the middle, left standing in the middle ground, all darted for the periphery of the spectrum that day. That day. And and <laughs> the people at the Capitol, quote unquote, storming the Capitol, and the people that don't approve of that are so at each other's throats, they can't even see, they can't even see the fact that it's the people in that building that are to blame. It is their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault everybody's so divided. It's their fault everybody's at their throats. They're doing it on purpose. That's what they want. It's not even a conscious thought for them. They think they're doing the right thing. They think, I'm a Democrat. I want social programs. I don't want people to have to struggle to survive. So I have got to tax the people that have the most resources. I have got to reallocate this wealth and move it around so that 
everybody has a decent quality of life and nobody has a terrible quality of life. That sounds great. That is a noble cause. But they don't do it with consent. They don't do it in a positive manner. And on the right, they have a totally, a totally different perspective and they think they're right. They're, they're a theocracy, more or less. You know, I, I, the left is a theocracy as well. They just, there's no, it's a lowercase g. And their, and their, their God is, is, is not, uh, is not personified. But on the right, you know, they have, they have a personified God to get behind. And it, it, it's a crusade. And everybody's out for their own interests at the core, subconsciously, because we're still tribal animals. We're still tribal individuals. I mean, we've only been at this society thing for what? 4,000 years? 5,000 years? You know, if you take the, the most fringe estimates, uh, maybe 12,000 years? That's not very long. <laughs> I mean, that sounds silly to say it's not very long for people that only live 100 years at a time. But 12,000 years is not very long. And when you look at the scale of of the earth and and of the human race. I mean, the human race has been around for, in its current form, you know, a few hundred thousand years, maybe. I'm not sure. There's conflicting ideas. But out of a few hundred thousand years, we've just been doing this like the last few minutes. It's going to take a long time. There's going to be a lot of boom and bust and the peaks and valleys are going to be way far away the peaks are going to be real high and the valleys are going to be real deep for a real long time but every time we go up and boom and it peaks and then we go down in valley and we slump each time it goes up and down the difference is going to get less severe and less severe and less severe and then we're going to get closer and closer to a baseline that has very mild fluctuations so it's not surprising that society is where it is it's not surprising at all it's going to happen generation after generation it's going to be up and down and up and down and up and down and it's going to get it's going to get less bad over time and there might be times when it seems worse and there might be times when it seems better in between because we have because in our human lives we occupy such a small piece of real estate on that timeline you know it's it's all relative and, and, and we're just not perceptive to it so i mean it's it it's gonna take a while it's gonna take a while um you just can't get caught up with things you know everybody is so entrenched in their own beliefs and ideologies that they can't they can't see the forest for the trees, I guess. You know, take, take a look at things. I mean, take a look at us. I mean, we're animals. I mean, we're literally animals. And it's amazing. We've had a, a, an amazing conscious sentient revolution in our species that has never been seen in a species on this planet that we can tell for a very long time. I mean, there are indications that there may have been a very advanced intelligent civilization civilization nine nine to twelve thousand years ago but you know again there's there's very little consensus for that and that that is obviously past 
but it's we have to have that perspective. We're just getting going. We're animals. We're hunter gatherers. We figured something out. You know, one day we dropped a piece of corn in a place we were hanging out for the season, and that and that plant grew, and we watered it. We figured out that if we watered it, it grew bigger. If we weeded it, it grew better, and it produced something. And then once we realized how to produce something and store it and save it for a rainy day, the the ability to look forward, the ability to plan for a for a rainy day, and from that moment, it was like lighting the fuse on the dynamite. We've had an explosion of progression and advancement, and that's amazing. And we should love that and embrace it. But we gotta know we're just starting out. So whatever we can cling to and harness from from our core existence, from where we come from, anything we can tap into that comes to us naturally, like community. And we need to we need to cling on to that. We need to hold on to that and carry that into the future. You know? If people wanna set up if people wanna set up and withdraw from the from the collective and, and, and be more focused on their smaller community, then then that should be encouraged. You know? If, someone, if, a, if a community establishes a neighborhood and they want to be left alone, they should be. They should be. Especially, especially communities like the black community that has been robbed of so much over so much time. If anybody should be left alone to their community and respected, it should be them. It should be them. And there's so many others. There's so many others. I just don't understand why we all have to agree. You know, break it up. It's time. It's time. There's 350 million of us. It's time to break it up. This has been a failed state since 1865. Say what you want about the Civil War and what it was fought about and what and slavery and all that bullshit. That's all window dressing. Was slavery wrong? Was was it was it appalling? Absolutely, it was wrong. It absolutely should have been stopped. However. When you have a country like the United States, which was, at the, you know, people still thought of it as a union of, of you know, many, you know, semi-sovereigns, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> you know, half the country said, you know what, we don't like the way this is going, we're going to leave. And the, other, and, then and the other half forced them together. That's a failed state. If you have to take your military and use military intervention to force a territory back under your control with no consent, that is a failed state. That is no longer a successful state. That half of the country has been held captive. Which, admittedly, is very ironic, considering the, the, the truth about slavery. But let's not sit here and pretend that there was no slavery in the North. There was just as much slavery in the North. In fact, the North just did slavery better. They just gave their slaves a little more. And they made their slaves feel more comfortable. 
And they let their slaves build their houses and buy their houses and, and craft things in a different way. <laughs> the North is just way better at slavery than the South. The North was years ahead of the South in slavery. Decades even. We still have that brand of slavery today. Why do you think you're spending 40 to 60 hours a week in someone else's production facility working for the meagerest of, of, of wages to just barely exist? I mean, if you go to work every week and you only make enough to eat and, and, and live somewhere, and sometimes that's not even enough. If you're a couple weeks away from being homeless, guess what? You're a slave. You are a slave. If, if you have to work and all you get in return is food and shelter, you're a slave. There's no going around it. It's the same. You just, maybe you get beat less. Maybe your master doesn't beat you as more, but you're no less a slave. And it's not your employer that's enslaving you. It's not Walmart. I'll be at Walmart is terrible. And it's not a private company. It's a, it's a subsidized corporate government enforced monopoly. Anyway, that's beside the point. It's not your employer. It's the state. It's your other, it's your fellow countrymen. It's the other people. It's the people that put on costumes, these suits and ties, and meet at a appallingly and, 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 they, and they meet in a building together and they write things on paper and they create their own policies sometimes in secret. Sometimes in secret. And they have executive sessions and, and, and closed chambers. And they make these rules written on paper in secret that you have to follow. And if you don't follow that rule, they will send armed men to come make you follow that rule. If that's not slavery, I don't know what is. If you cannot voluntarily enter and exit an agreement, then you're a slave to that agreement. And they think, and you're born into it? It's, in, it's incredible that people think that that is something that you don't like it leave. I don't know how you rationalize that thought. I don't know how you call that free. I don't know how you don't think you're a slave. I really don't. It's the state that is making that. It, 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 and, and have no mistake about it. Because... When at the end of the year, when you look at your taxes, that is what's stopping you from living beyond food and shelter. All of us, all the way down to the lowest income bracket, bracket are paying these crazy amounts of taxes. Income taxes, state and federal income taxes. You pay state and federal income taxes. You pay for tax fuel. You pay for tax goods and services. A lot of places you pay for sales tax. So, I mean, there's double dipping all over the place. I mean, if you're paying an income tax, why are you paying a fuel tax? You know, where's all this money going? What's it all being spent on? Why aren't our schools, you know, if you're, 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 
if you're so in favor of public education, you think it's so precious, why isn't every school state-of-the-art? With the best teachers paid salaries triple what they make. Why is that not happening? If you have an income, if you have a federal income tax and you have a state income tax, you have taxes on your fuel, you have taxes on most of your goods and services that you get. Even if you don't pay sales tax in your state, it's taxed somewhere along the line. If you own property, you're paying a property tax, which of all the taxes, especially today with automobiles and, and roads, I'm kind of okay with property tax. You know, especially like like what I do, I put a lot of 18-wheelers on the road. I'll pay my property. I don't see it as a tax. I see it as a service. I see it as my subscription to the roads. I'm okay with that. I'm giving up value and wealth to receive a service. That's not a tax. I'm okay with that. But the income tax, a tax based on the fact that you solely produce income? That's insane. And that's what's keeping you a slave. Your employer is paying you a living wage. But now, now they want the employer to make up for what the state takes. Now they want $15 an hour because you're not paying me enough. Not because the state takes half of your earnings and taxes everything you buy. And everything you put your hands on and everything you need to use and, 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 and everything you need to provision. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, that is literally crazy to me. That you're going to basically make quote-unquote private companies. Let's pretend, you know, you don't work for Walmart. Let's pretend you work for the mom-and-pop general store. And they're going to make mom and pop subsidize the housing and, and living expenses of the worker because the state is taking your money by force. And so, well, if we didn't have taxes, we wouldn't have these roads. We wouldn't have this. Who paid for the roads anyway? Who paid for the All of the enterprise and all of these businesses paid for roads. Guess who paid for roads before the Department of Transportation was drawing tax money? The community as a whole, you know, if someone was building some type of facility that produced something useful for the rest of the community, they would they would have to build. They would have to pay for materials and labor to build a railroad or a, or a dirt road or a stone road or a pavement road to get what they're producing from where it's being produced to where it can be sold and enter into the marketplace. And it's always been like that. And it's still like that. It just, it just goes through way many channels. Now it all goes through the tax system and gets siphoned by the Defense Department, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Department of Education, and the State Department. And all of these different bloated, ballooned agencies where money is just wasted, I mean wasted, thrown on the ground and shit on. That kind of wasted. I, it, it not all, I mean, that's what makes this all so terrible. It's not even like you're being taxed against your will, but everything's great and everything's nice. And all the roads are made of super high-tech solar panels that, that, that never get ice and are always work and, and light up in the dark so you can see animals on them or obstructions. And, and 
have an interlocking network that can notify emergency services of crashes or problems? No. <laughs> no. All that money goes to fucking Raytheon. And put in a missile. So we can bomb brown children halfway across the world because they have the oil we need. Or because their dictator is friends with another dictator, and we don't like that other dictator, but we can't fight that dictator because we had a fake war with them for 50 years. So now we have to pretend to fight them through these brown people. So we're, we're fighting them by proxy. I mean, look, I know I'm just a dumb, stupid chicken farmer. But come on. I mean, if I'm way out of line here, somebody tell me. Somebody tell me I'm way out of line here. But I, I really cannot see how I'm wrong here. I really can't. Because if, if you, if, if, if your consent doesn't matter, then you are a slave. I mean, that is textbook Webster's Dictionary version. I mean, I, I, slavery is producing labor or work without consent. I... I mean, uh, let me look up the definition right now, but as far as I can tell, that's what it is. For sure. So now I'm Googling. Slavery. And I'm going to see what the definition is. A condition compared to that of a slave in respect of exhausting labor or restricted freedom. Okay. I think I nailed it. So, what I want to say is really <clears throat> that we need to focus on on uh, on division. Not being unified, actually. You know, I, you, we, should, we should divide ourselves before we're torn apart. You know, we should separate things before they unravel. You know, it's like uh, it's like taking a taking apart a building, dismantling a building carefully, or ripping through it with a tornado. That's the difference. Well, if we dismantle it and move it somewhere else, guess what? The tornado can't rip it apart. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to divide ourselves. In a way that makes sense, we need we have our own communities. We all have our own home. If it's geographically based, if it's demographic demographically or ethnically based, or religiously based or socially based, we should do that. And we should we we should we should fall back into our own communities. We should divide ourselves in a sensible, useful, and productive manner before we're so at each other's throats. We start killing each other. It's, it's time. It's time for a divorce as the collective. It's time for a divorce. You know, I think we're all battered spouses right now in this country. It's time for a divorce before it falls apart. Let's break things up. Let's start secession movements, you know. Take where we live, the Delmarva Peninsula. Needs to just go ahead and... And uh, in Delaware, you know, the two counties in Delaware and uh, the other counties in Maryland. Yes, I said two counties in Delaware. Newcastle County is really Pennsylvania. You look at the demographic and socioeconomic and political beliefs. That is not the same community than Kent and Sussex. Um, 
you know, the, 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 the southern half of Delaware and, and, and Maryland and Virginia. All these people need to get together. They need to determine where they want to split these communities up. They need to submit. They need to make resolutions and submit it to their respective state and state governments and say, look, you know, we're done. We're done. We are we are going back into our own communities. We know we're going to cut ourselves off from a lot of funds. But guess what? You know, the money doesn't have a lot of real value anyway. We have a lot of real value. We have a lot of resources. We can produce a lot of things here. We're going to buckle. We're going to put a lot of people that are inactive to work. We're going to we're going to do something useful. I know tons of people sitting around that could be out, you know, working and producing something and helping create something on the land. Um, or, or through any other resources we have here and, and providing something to other communities. You know, and I, I think, I think Western Maryland, west of, uh, DC should, uh, west of Baltimore and then they, they, they should go ahead and do the same thing in Texas and, uh, California and everybody. And we all just need to secede and every state needs, we need to break up this union, dissolve the Constitution and go back to the Articles of Confederation. And, and, and instead of 50 unified states, we need to have 50 sovereigns. 50 sovereigns with their own constitutions and their own governments. And, and, and I, I don't even agree with the constitution and the governments. But you know what? I think that that would be better than what we have. I think that would be better than the federalism we have. Um, and I, I think we need to revert to that. I think it should start happening. People should get together. People should talk about it. People should do it. And prepare prepare for the worst of outcomes because once you notify your master that you refuse to be a slave, then the whip comes out, and you have to uh, you have to be prepared to to resist that, and that takes fortitude, real fortitude. Very few people have real fortitude, but I think as a community, it's a lot easier. So the the way to the way to unify this country is to break it up, is to divide it before they divide us, because that's what's happening. They are sitting in their secret chambers, cowering away from the public. You know, regardless of your opinion of the protesters in D.C., the very same people that vote to send us to war, to war in another country halfway around the world and kill people we've never seen before. Half of those, more than half of those people in that building that cowered in fear, cowered in fear, also uh, voted for the Iraq War Resolution, sending over 5,000 Americans to die and to get us in this endless quagmire, stealing $700 billion from us a year to support it. Led into Afghanistan. We've been at war for almost 20 years. Those very same people that were so willing to send us to war and have our, 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 our friends, our sons and daughters killed and kill and hundreds of thousands of lives over there completely destabilized that entire part of the world and just toppled regime after regime and just added more and more chaos and just I mean, it's like it's like your it's like your neighbor's kitchen catches on fire, and we've just gone in there with a super soaker full of gasoline and just started spraying wallpaper and just lighting it all on fire. Those same people, I mean, we literally lit that place on fire. 
We did that in Iraq. We lit it on fire, literally. We bombed it, and we lit the oil fields on fire. Those same people cowered, cowered in fear behind their chairs. Because some people with flags were outside. Because the public demanded to come inside. And I know there's so many layers to what happened the other day. So many layers to what happened the other day. But, you know, let's let's, let's not unpack that right now. You know, there's a lot going around about the possibly Antifa, Proud Boys. You know, who was there that was just your typical MAGA person that's not violent? Who was racist? Who was not? That's all smoke and mirrors. That's all distracting. The real thing that we need to take away from what happened the other day is that the people in that building have brought us to this point. It's their fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault you believe in Trump. You've been lied to. You've been fooled. It's not your fault you believe in Biden. You've been lied to. You've been fooled. Wake up, guys. Take a look around. See what's going on. They don't care about you. They're sending you to war somewhere else. People we've never met. People that don't even have the resources to attack us or the will until we gave it to them. We've been creating our own enemy for ever. Ever. You know, right now it's the Middle Easterners. At one point it was the the, the, the Mexicans. I mean, we... <laughs> Say what you want, but we stole half this country. From Mexico, we stole it from Native Americans. Who, yeah, no humans. I'm not going to get in the weeds on that. I'm going to stay, we've got to focus on the fact that they don't care about you. They care about multiplying their fiat money keeping you reliant on welfare and keeping you unproductive and unable to be prosperous because as long as you're not prosperous you're not a you are a slave there's no such thing as a prosperous slave remember that and remember that you are a slave if you have to get up this morning and go to work where you'll be homeless and hungry then you are a slave and make no mistake about it, you're not X, Y, and Z businesses slave because they're not the ones taking 30 to 50% of your income. The state is. Whether or not you like it. It should be up to you whether or not you pay for the goods and services that you want. They're going to be there anyway. I promise. I promise you with no government, there's going to be roads. I mean, roads are just flat spots. <clears throat> is a road so complex and, and necessary that we have to build it out of force? I'm pretty sure we all want to go from point A to point B. I'm pretty sure that whether or not they took it out of my taxes, I would more than willingly pay to be able to drive on a well-constructed road to get somewhere. I mean, I can drive halfway across this country in in 15 hours. That's awesome. And it could be better. They don't 
have to do this. We don't have to be slaves. Just And know that. As much as you know you're a slave, know that it doesn't have to be this way. They want it this way. They want everything. They want you to have nothing. That's how it works. They're the masters. We're the slaves. And it comes all the way down, all the way down to your local politics, to your state representatives and legislators. And I'm not going to name anybody, but there are people I know personally and talk to. They are still my master. As long as they go into those chambers and they vote to force me into this tax structure. Every day that every day that your representative, quote unquote, or your your rulers, every day that your master goes into those chambers and does not actively fight to get you out of the tax structure, just know that's another day they want you to be that way. Even the people you know personally, even the good ones. There are two honest and good legislators in the state of Delaware. Only two. Only two. And even even they are rulers. Make no mistake. None. None. Because they don't go every day. If they truly wanted you to be free, they would go to the General Assembly tomorrow armed with backup. And they would say, that's enough. No more. My constituents are no longer slaves. They are relinquished. If you want what they have, you can come and get it. Every day that your politician doesn't do that is a day he's okay with you being a slave. There's no getting around it. None. That is a fact. An objective fact. So, happy Friday. Have a good day at work, my fellow slaves.